Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Calcio's Pantheon. As always, I am your host, Danielle. And as you guys can tell, we have been talking about this for a while. This was originally supposed to happen last week, but unfortunately, I wasn't feeling well, and so we had to postpone it to this week. We have our good friend from overseas, Nico, who happens to be a lifelong Juventus supporter joining us today. So, Nico, how are you? Uh, I'm not bad, to be honest. <laughs> Just with, uh, if I think back on yesterday's game, I'm still annoyed, but I'm not bad. Okay. First and foremost, I always like getting everybody's story. So, like, what made you become a Juventus supporter? Other Charles. I love to watch TV. So, there was just some football games on TV. And one of those games was Juventus. I just started, yeah, straight away, I started falling in love with the team, with the players they had done. So, yeah, like every normal child watch TV, I did it. Um, yeah, since then I started to support Juventus. That's awesome. Um, well, so now let's just jump into some of the, the main storyline. So, as everybody knows, Juventus went from a couple different managers over the past, like, year or so. So, like, what was your initial reaction when Pirlo got the managerial job? And I had my doubts about it because normally it was going to be my. You still there? Sounds like we're having some technical problem. Oh, uh, what else is new? <laughs> Hang on. You wonder what I'm going to do? Since we've been having a couple technical issues, I'm going to like create a group chat, and then we're going to just start this whole thing over. Okay. Because okay. that way it's easier. But I think Pirlo is doing a good job, even as his first season. Yeah, the results are not like it should be, but I'm still happy we got Pirlo, to be honest, at the moment. Um, just so that you know, your sound keeps going in and out. Daniel, I can edit oh. edit it so it doesn't sound like that. If if there if he still can still speak, I can I can I can work around it. Okay, because I'm like I it's like clinks out. And then I can't hear anything at all, unless it's something with my end. Okay, I, I can edit it if if it continues. Okay, sounds good. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Juventus so far this season? Uh, it's a good roller coaster, I must say, this year. Because we yeah <clears throat> win games when we play poor. We lose games that we shouldn't be losing, and like yesterday, uh, like yesterday against Benevento, we at the moment, I'm gonna be happy if we can answer at least in the top four this season. That should be possible, but we drop too many points against lower teams. That's yeah, more 
uh, home going to say it on a nice way against smaller teams than we used to be we used to play against it yeah definitely i mean when Elliot has you if you've listened to our episodes in the past like you know how Elliot and i felt with this whole Pirlo situation and just with everything that's going on with Juventus at the moment. I mean, we are, I know it's like, it sounds like it's a broken record, but do you think this is like a rebuilding operation? I think it is because they got a project for with Pirlo and he signs uh, a two year contract to work his projects. Even some newspapers are saying now, uh, if he loses again the next game, he's getting the sack. But I think his project, it's, if he gets a decent preseason for the next season, then I think we will see a good Juventus coming back. And like this season, no preseason, no good preparation. He has also COVID, a lot of injuries at the moment we got with the team. I think this is not helping for Pirlo and his first seasons. If we can have a fully fit team next season and with Pirlo, I think he still in some games look find uh, finds his own way to play, and in some games we can see a good progress. So if we can get that in preseason, aiming for next season and with a fully fit team, I think we're gonna bounce back good. Yeah, I hope you do, but this year it belongs to Inter. Okay. <laughs> I hate it, but I have, I'm gonna have to agree. Even, I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to agree. I mean, come on. You've already had nine Scudettos. Come on. It's somebody else's surfer change. <laughs> I, I was one year, I was in a, yeah, I felt really in a toxic land. And that was with uh, everybody knows about with the so called cheating. But apparently, yeah, with 2006, nobody had proven if, evidence enough. So that I still felt a bit uh, down. But since we came back to the top league, we've been almost yeah, a couple of years later started to dominate the league. But if I can be honest, I wish in those nine years we yeah, we just lost some titles and just won a Champions League. Because that's at the moment most fans of us don't really want another league title, but we want the Champions League. But we don't have a team to compete and the Champions League at the moment. That's the biggest problem we got. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, like, and speaking of the Champions League and all that jazz, um, as we all know, most, if for those who have never really watched Syria or, like, or just getting into the sport themselves, Cristiano Ronaldo used to play for Real Madrid before transferring to Juventus. And the main goal was for him to help Juventus win the Champions League because it has been since the 2010 Inter's uh, treble winning side that any Serie A club has like performed at a top quality level in European competitions. Yeah, some teams make it out of the group stage and make it at least maybe to the quarterfinals or so. We made, the, we made the semis, to be fair. Well, yeah, Roma made the semifinals. But no team since 2010 has won anything. So in speaking of Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously we know that the Champions League experiment was a flop. 
So what do you think happens to him at the end of the season? Uh, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen because reports are saying he's going to go back to Real Madrid. And one of our uh, owners is saying he's going to stay and finish his uh, contract with this. So I still don't know what to believe, what is going to happen. So we need to wait till end of the season, see what's happening. But uh, the last year, also our problem was, even we've been uh, relying too much on Ronaldo for the Champions League. But Ronaldo with Real Madrid was good for the Champions League. He was amazing in it. But he has also good players, good midfielders, good defenders that's never made or almost never made a single mistake. And like we don't got experienced players, we make too many mistakes. And that's the problem also you've seen with all Italian teams and European games. When you play against a better team, because normally our league is more defending, but when you play against a team who know how to attack, want to strike, then you see every Italian team is struggling. And that's why nobody can win at the moment a Champions League anymore. Same now with... Champions League, but if you don't get the play, if you don't get the players to support him, to feed him, to help him, it's going to be very difficult to win a Champions League with him. Yeah, agreed. Um, if Ronaldo does end up leaving, where do you think he goes? Do you think he goes back to Real Madrid, or do you think he goes to Portugal and finishes his career in his like backyard? What do you? Where would you think he would end up? I think uh, he, if he leaves, he will go back to Real Madrid for one or two seasons, and then he will close uh, his career off back in uh, Portugal with Sporting Lisbon, where it all started. Because that's what he said himself. When he's going to stop playing football, his last season is going to be back in Portugal where everything started for him. So if he should leave this season, I see him going back for one or two more seasons to Real Madrid. And after that, I think then he's going to go back to Portugal. Yeah, that's what I kind of am thinking myself because uh, I know he has also like mentioned that he wouldn't mind going back to Real Madrid and then eventually finishing off where everything kind of like kick-started and everything. Um, well, we have a couple like fan questions and then we're going to get into some other teams that we all like to talk about. Um, one of the questions was poised. Um, well, do you think... Dabala should be sold, and do you think he's also a club legend? And I think Dabala should. I know he wants uh, more money, but at the moment, that's what the owners are saying to him too, and to his agent. Because with uh, COVID, what happened last season, last year, last season, it's difficult to give people more money than uh, every team can afford at the moment. Now, it's very for us bad news because he's been all season injured. He's been affected by COVID two or three times. When he was playing in some games beginning of the season, before his injury, he could see it. Just as his, uh, when he was on the pitch, he could see his quality wasn't there. Because I think it was also uh, to do with the COVID. Then he had an uh, infection. 
so many in his body, so that was uh, bringing him down for the games he was playing. And now he's still injured. He's training on his own, but when he tried to kick a ball, he still feels pain. So I'm basically hoping that they keep him, even renew his contract, even if it's just for the same amount of money he gets now, if you can just keep him for next season, and if he's fully fit, he will be quality for us again. And if Ronaldo should stay, then I want to see uh, Ronaldo and Dybala play and the attack together, because I think that might be firework for next season. But do you think that um, Dybala might not be like a part of Pirlo's system if he ends up, Pirlo ends up like staying another season to see where the, his project goes? So do you think he might not fit into his plans? I'm gonna have to disagree with that because Pirlo is hoping that Dybala will be fit after the Interland break now, and. Pirlo said it himself, he got plans because uh, Dybala is in his project. And he want to build next year with certain players. He want to build on that. I know they didn't mention his name, but uh, everybody knows Dybala. If he uh, renew his contract, he has in those plans. And I think he's going to play Dybala or just in the center of the attack or just behind the attack because he can give the ball like uh, Papu Gomez did for Atalanta. So I think he might play on that position and then he will be absolute quality again. So I'm hoping he's staying, but he definitely fits in Pirlo his plans. But this season, with his injuries, we couldn't play him. And Pirlo uh, is not happy with that, that he still is injured because he said himself he wants Dybala back on the field to see where he can play him too. Uh, what is he going to do for next season with him? But he's definitely in the plans of Pirlo. So, okay, this this is another good question. Um, what players would you like to see sold? Because and then some players that you would like to see brought in to kind of like help enforce some of the positions that your team might be lacking at the moment. Like I know one t- player that you would love to get rid of. Your best friend, Bernard Deschi. <laughs> he, um, he's not my best friend, but he brings nothing at all. And the last seasons, he does. He only can play one or two good games in a year. And when he needs to, uh, I'm going to say it, prove again, he just don't do it. Now, yeah, he's not playing on his position at the moment. But when he's playing on his position, he also don't bring anything uh, with the team. His crosses are very bad. He can't even get the ball in the air. When he gives a corner, he can't even get it in the air or uh, get it where it should be. So I'm hoping they're selling uh, Bernadeschi. Also, I want to see selling. As, and other Juventus fans will agree with me. Even other football fans will agree with me. And that is Bonucci. Since he went from us to AC Milan, Adam came back, he's not the same anymore as he was a couple of years before. So we need to build uh, with who we got now for on his place. And that is the left who is playing amazingly for his second season. He's doing well, yeah, except yesterday was a bit a day off. But as he's playing amazingly and he's been carrying Bonucci. Everybody's seen that too. If we could get the left and Demiral end up 
on that place of Bonucci next year. I think defense will be fine. But I think yeah, Bonucci need to leave Bernadeschi. Bantancourt is also a bit like he has good games, but he also have bad games. So the board is also looking if there's an offer, they're not gonna reject it. Because he don't fit and pillow his plans next season. So he's maybe a player we're also gonna uh, sell. And Alexandro is also a bit uh, finished. He's been too long as our club. So that's four players that yeah, can leave and basically should leave. So in light of that, who would you like to see brought into the club? Obviously, considering with all these teams' budgets right now due to the whole COVID situation, like, what players could you see that are reasonably priced that you could bring in to kind of, like, fill in those positions and or to add, like, depth to that area? I uh, know we've been looking to get uh, Gosens from Atalanta. So he's, at the moment, I've seen he's going to be transfer number one. And for the midfield, well, people are saying, talking with Pogba, but it's not sure... If it's a vape, if we're gonna get him, because money wise too, after all now, yeah, it's yeah, no bet, no team can spend a lot of money. So unless we can find an agreement with Man United, I would love to have Pogba back. But what might be better is the French midfielder Awar from Lyon, because his quality, and think he will do fine with this. If we could get him for a midfield, that will strengthen our midfield again too. And with Horsens, he can play defense and on midfield. So I think those two, anyway, will be good. In the attack, we need a younger striker. We can't... Ronaldo, yeah, he's getting old. He still scores goals. But you've seen in most games, he just stands on the field, got it difficult. Morata is basically the same. Just wait a bit, but don't really ask the ball or do nothing of most games. I'm still hoping to get Keane back now because we got, yeah, if uh, somebody want to buy him, we got the first uh, buy closure anyway. But if we could get Moise Keane back, I would be very happy because I was annoyed. Under Allegri, he had the chance, scored goals, played well with Ronaldo. Last season, Sarri didn't want him. Sarri said he could leave. And that's been annoying me because now, is doing very well in France, to be honest. So I hope we can get him back. And like I said, I had the midfielder from Lyon, Auvar and Horsens. I think those three, that will be already three good transfers for us for next season to aim for. Oh, Gozens, man. Ooh. Him and your team, that would be amazing. Especially with how good he is from getting finding those small spaces and is able to, like, service, like, the attack. He, it's just amazing to watch him play, too. And it's just, it's just sad that in the state of Adelanta right now, but hopefully you guys are able to make an agreement with them because that would be a huge, like, signing for you guys. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think of if I had an...
But anyway, um, I'm trying to think if I have any more Juventus questions. Um, what is one thing, like, do you think the current formation that you guys are using is, like, working? Or do you think you need to, like, find another formation that could work a little bit better, especially, like, with Pirlo? Because, like, me and Elliot have discussed this on many other episodes, that basically Pirlo is a glorified fan. He just makes, pretty much makes substitutions, and he's not really, like there but of course he's still growing because this is his first managerial job but do you think like his tactics that from what you've seen are working or what things would you like to see change if it's not really working I think the formation already is sometimes not a good formation we play in games I know Pirlo want to play with three at the back five on midfield when we uh, are attacking, five on midfield and the two strikers. But I think we should go in a 4-3-3 for the whole game. And that's the problem also now with Spirlo. Don't have the experience yet. He also say with the subs he's doing, when he changes a player off the field and bring a new one on, he doesn't got the experience when we're like uh, behind or it's still a draw and we need a goal. He doesn't got the experience enough to look who can I put on what position or how can I change the team formation to make sure we get that goal. We're back in the game or we're back in the game. That's the only problem as with Pirlo because he don't got the experience. So he don't really know what tactic he wants to play. Yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense. But I mean, do you think it would because you heard like you've heard a bunch of rumors that Pirlo, if he loses the next game, would be sacked. But do you think that would be a good idea, especially since we only got um, only I think what is it like ten matches left of the season? I think that would be a bad idea. It's still ten matches to play, so a lot can happen. We we could win all the next ten games. We could lose them all ten bits. I think you should. We should keep Pirlo at the moment. Yesterday was a very bad game. Everybody knew it from the whole team. It was a bad game of the whole team. Nobody was. Ex- uh, nobody had the sense to actually wanted to win yesterday. Nobody had the expression to go and win the game. So I wouldn't say if he loses the next game, I wouldn't be saying Pirlo out. I think that shouldn't be doing that. Give him. Till end of the season, see if you want to go continue, like they said, with his project. Because that's what the manager is saying. That's what the board said. The owner saying, we got a project with Pirlo for two years. We want to go on with that project. But then yesterday, and that's always with media, because you lose against a team you shouldn't be losing. Then they start saying, oh, the next game, if you don't win next game, he's getting sacked. And that's typical media talk. And they should look what the owners of the club are saying. And they are still saying, Pirlo gets our confidence, Pirlo gets our trust, we're working on a project and he's doing a very good job at the moment. And I have to agree with that. Yeah, some games, the results are not great, but you can see he's working on his project. Unfortunately, for us, this season is 
a bit annoying in the season. So, if by the end of the season that they end up deciding to sack Pirlo, who would you like to see like has, step in as a manager? Just because there's really not a lot of options right now in the manager department, like who's available and stuff. So if you had to pick a manager to take over next season, who would you want to see? And um, I've always been a fan of Guardiola, but I'm not sure with this team because of the plays we're going to get maybe next for next season, if he's going to be good for us and if he's available, because I think he just renews his contract anyway. But people are now talking uh, with Allegri because he's open for coaching again, managing a team again. He said, I'm not closing anything out. So if they should ask Allegri. I wouldn't mind to have Allegri back, but let Pirlo stay as assistant manager for with Allegri. Give him the exp- uh, so Allegri can give uh, Pirlo experience. Even if it's for one season or two seasons, we're getting Allegri back. If we're just gonna sack Pirlo, let him stay as assistant manager. Get an experienced manager in. Let Pirlo, yeah. It's going to be good for Pirlo to have somebody experienced with him. That's the only problem will be who is available. Because there's not many managers available or managers that will be good enough for the club at the moment. Yeah, me and Elliot had discussed this a couple episodes ago. Um, do you really think that um, they would decide to sign Allegri back because me and Elliot don't think that they would do something like that because that would take a lot of humility to ask for him back. I'd, I wouldn't mind having Allegri back. I know he said himself after five seasons with us, he was getting on a point. He was too long at our club. I know he had a little words conversation with the boards, but they still went out as friends on a good relationship like it should be. They were still happy with his work he done, but Allegri himself said this last, these five years, the last year, is one too many like you got with some players or other managers. You can see it when they're a long time with a club because always one season, they're too long at, at a club for that one season. And just unfortunately, we had with Sari last year because he basically ruined the club. So I just hope that we don't get anybody like Sari in our club again. And what I mean, somebody like Sari is somebody from like a team like Napoli or from another team that's just tried to destroy our club like Sari this last season, basically. Because I want a manager who is, even if we lose a game, he don't cry, but just say, look, guys, we need to focus more focuses on those points, and like Sari, who said, oh, I'm very happy to lose against my own team. I own them things. I think if you get a manager, you should get a manager who don't say things like that and just say, look, we lost. They were the better team. Now we need to focus on the next game and get done with it. Yeah. Um, before we move on to uh, some other teams, uh, do you have any final like thoughts that you want to say about Juventus this season? Like, Things that you're liking, things that, that you might not be liking, stuff like that. Um, I'm just still hoping because we end in the top four. But, yeah, the, 
players need to step up at the moment too. If you want to be ending in top four this year, some players need to step up now after yesterday because it's going to be difficult because it's between even we got a game in hand, it's still all close. If you should win that game in hand, it's still all close for the Inter Milan is going to win the league anyway. But from the second till the sixth or seventh place, it's all very close. It's only six or nine points between them. So it can all change and then in the next five games, it can change a lot in the top section. So I'm just hoping we get the top four, play Champions League again, and get the players we want to compete again for trophies next season. And hopefully we get a team that can com- finally compete for the Champions League too. I mean, the only other thing that I know you could have a chance of winning, I know it's against Atalanta, but it... I hope you at least win the Coppa Italia because at least you get a little something out of this season. <laughs> well, a little something. We already won the Supercoppa, so I'm happy for Pirlo that we already already won that. And I wasn't expecting us to get to the final of the Coppa Italia when I saw the draw, especially our first cup game when we played Genoa. Uh, leading easily 2-0 and then making it ourselves difficult. I know Pirlo plays a lot of youngsters in that game, which I don't blame him, because those games are good for uh, play- young players to see if they're ready to take the step to the first team or not. But you also need to make sure, if you have some youngsters on the field, make sure you got enough experienced players on the field too for it. But I'm still happy with the cup final we got against Atalanta. But that will be also a 50-50 game. Because for the sa- uh, same prize that day, we go play the game. I just play them, play them total out. We win the game easy. Or we make it ourselves difficult by not showing up, basically. Uh, just keep on dreaming and might get hammered by Atalanta. Because that's not a bad team. When they attack, they score a lot of goals. So we need, still need to be careful when we're going to play them. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of Juventus, obviously we know that one of your a person who has played for Juventus in the past and of course has managed Juventus. And we have Antonio Conte and Arturo Vidal of Inter. So what are your thoughts of Inter Milan this season? I think my thoughts about is I'm surprised that last year they not won the league yet because we had our worst season last year. We had the worst season. I was surprised that Inter still not managed to win the league last season. This year, as soon as they went out of your, uh, out of the Champions League, and it's too bad for Italian football to end up on the last place, but for Inter, that was a good thing because they could totally focus on the league and Conte, I must say, however I hate it, he went to there. Because normally, when you are a Juventus player, you never go to a rival team like Inter. But he's doing now, in his second season there, yeah, he's still, sorry for the words I'm going to say now, he's still a massive clone there, getting a lot of yellow cards on the sideline. But he's doing a good job at the moment with Inter, because they got the same team of last year. And you see this, it's, you see this, you see it this season, because with the same players of last year he had, they they are uh, well played then with each other. They can find each other easy. Uh, Lukaku, 
uh, and Martinez, I must say, I think Martinez, he's working hard, he's a good striker, if he can be quality. Lukaku is more a, I'm going to say, box-to-box player. If you put him in the box with a cross, it's always dangerous. When you play the ball to him, it's difficult to get the ball off him because he always uses his body. But I wouldn't call him a top five striker because he himself he's a top five striker. But I have to be that because there's better strikers than him in the world at the moment too. But Lukaku is close to be top five strikers. He's not top five yet, but I think if we can next season do what he does this season, then he's definitely going to be in the top five of best strikers. So, since you said not top five, do you still think he would be considered in the top ten? Yeah, I say he's uh, on the sixth place at the moment. If he can do next year what he's doing now, then he's definitely top five. Because he gets other uh, players that are now should be in the top five. You see, with some players already, they're falling down at the moment. They're, they're losing things. They're coming behind. They can't bring what they done a couple of years ago anymore. Okay. Um, and speaking of, so what do you think Inter has you have won like nine Scudettos in a row? Um, as we all know that Inter was unable to play last, well, this weekend due to restrictions of travel due to a couple COVID cases. Yes, I know, Nico, you were bashing it, but I think the only real reason why they kind of did that is at the alarming rate they were, like, getting cases. Like, you had, the first was the Ambrosia, then instantly, like, a couple hours later, you, um, it was Handanovich, and then the next day, it was um, two of our other players. I think it was, like, DeVry and something. But I think they just wanted to put, like, an I know you're, you, oh, we were forced to play this, that, and the other thing. But I think just due to trying to, like, contain the spread more. Because if we had, I don't know if the game was being played at home or if we were traveling to uh, play, traveling to play Sassiolo. But I just think they didn't want to, like, spread it out to where we would end up getting more infections. So I kind of applaud what they're doing right now because of that. But if you the players that were healthy, though, you could definitely tell they were frustrated because they wanted to play to keep the momentum going. But anyway, back to the um, question. Um, what do you think Inter really need to do to, like, solidify this, like, what, did, especially since you've won titles in the past? I think if Entry can just, because only problem they might have is also Conte, as with his three man defense. I think you need some more experienced players for your defense. If you can get that for next season, keep the same team you got now, and just maybe on midfield, because uh, you've been talking also, Arturo Vidal also ex Juventus. He's getting older too. He's getting a bit slow, I, I must say. He's getting a bit slow on the field. He's make too many fouls, get too many cards too. If you could get another player next to Barella, a young player, a good worker too, like Barella, which Barella is this season, I must say, the best midfielder in the league, I must say. He's, he shot me amazingly. 
compare this last season, he's grown this season under Conte. He's grown this year. And if we can get somebody else with Barella, young, like him, driven to fight, when he loses the ball, not moan on each other, but try to recoup the ball. Even if we need to make that little foul, he does it. If we can get that, get a more experienced young, uh, not going to say younger player, but if we can get more experienced defenders, because, uh, like you said, the Vrij tested now positive, but he also, some games, makes too many mistakes, like some uh, like we do and at the back with Juventus. But if we can get that sorted out too, I would say maybe Handanovic, he's been there for years, he's your best keeper you got. If you can find somebody of his his caliber, I think you can, can do next season, you can do well. You need, definitely need to uh, defend your title anyway. But if you could sort that out, I think in the Champions League, you could go far this time. If you can just sort those out. Yeah, me and Elliot had this discussion. Like, obviously, Inter are going to win the league this season regardless. But next season, just based on um, what us winning the Scudetto, we're going to want more than just... We want to compete for the Scudetto, but we also want to make a better push in the Champions League. And we actually had this discussion where we talked about like what would be needed to actually make that push in European competitions. Yes, we understand Conte is not really strong in that area, but if we were to attempt to make a push, like what players would need to be signed? And obviously, pretty much I would go for a couple different key players in certain positions just to give ourselves depth because obviously when it comes to you playing the league and Champions League, if you end up with players hurt, it cuts into like your other league that you're currently playing into. So we want to have enough balance in all of the positions. So say if injuries or illness occur, we are able to then kind of like put in these key pieces to keep the momentum going. Because that's kind of like, in my opinion, before this season, well, last season, that was one of the areas where I had said Inter had constantly struggled is there's not enough depth. So when players ended up injured, the team obviously suffered. Um, so now that we're seeing these players getting signed and all that, we're starting to see a little bit more depth, but I would still like to see a little bit more just based on um, just what we've seen in the past. So if we can make a couple more depth signings, I think we can make a little bit more of a push in European competition as well as taking care of things in the league. Um, now, <laughs> since Inter going to possibly win the league, um, what what is it like winning a Scudetto first and foremost? What is it like? It's, uh, it's a very, very good feeling, honestly. It's a very nice feeling. Because when you win it, you always want to, next year you want to win it, then the year after you want to win it. We won it now nine years in a row. People said to me, I'm not getting bored because you won it now nine years in a row. I said, 
No, I said some seasons, yeah, I didn't want it because there was no competition. But now the last two seasons, you see competition. Entry Milan, Lazio uh, wasn't playing well. Now AC Milan is getting back to normal. Well, I'm not going to say back to normal, but they're building on a brand new team. They've been suffering so many years with bad managers, uh, bad players they had. Uh, now they're getting there again, AC Milan, which is good for the competition. But yeah, to win a Scudetto, it's a great feeling when you win it. And it's even a better feeling if you can win it on the fields of your rival. But I hope that's not going to happen this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for as you know, you know my story of how I became an Inter fan, right? I know. Yeah, so, like, I've only been into the sport has, of next month. It'll be six years into football. Crazy how to think that happened. But, um, I mean, I am going to be, like, probably feeling a mixed bag of emotions if Inter are able to, like, secure this thing because I have never experienced anything like it before. So, I'm just like, what... Is my main reaction going to be, am I going to scream? Am I going to cry? Am I going to laugh? I don't know. Maybe a combination of all three. Who knows? Um, but I know one thing on that. And I think this is going to happen. As when you win the league, you're going to scream because you're that happy that you won the league. You're going to scream just of joy that you won the league. I almost had the same couple of years ago when we played in the Champions League against Real Madrid. When Ronaldo still played for Madrid, then I will lost 3 0 at home. I will done the unthinkable, winning 3 0 there. And I was already getting so happy. I said, We can do this, we're going to win this. But then we had that stupid penalty, so I was literally crying down that moment. But you're going to scream when you win the league, you're going to scream. I was the same the last year, especially last year. I screamed at Taos that you won the league again. That's the first thing you do, is just scream because you win the league. Then, after the screaming, then you start crying because you can't believe it that you won the league, especially after so many years, then you will have the tears. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that. But the real thing I'm mostly scared of is my family. Because thing is, as you know, I live here in America, and I mostly grew up on American sports, like American, uh, what I call it, hand egg, otherwise known as American football. I've grown up on baseball, hockey, basketball, and all those. But it's like, my parents say, oh, you take this sport way too seriously. It's just a game. I'm like, for us, it's not just a game. It's like our passion. I mean, even the fans are different. Like, yes, there are times where we hate each other. Like, I know you hate Inter Milan with a passion, and then there's me who kind of has a slight respect for Juventus, but also hate him because it's like, you've had your turns <laughs> and stuff. But there are times where, like, remember Bradley Lowry? Yeah. It didn't matter if you were a Juventus or Inter supporter. It didn't matter if you were a Tottenham supporter or Arsenal supporter. We basically banded around each other and to support this kid. And that's one thing that they'll never understand. So, like, when I celebrate and scream, they're going to be like, just calm down. It's not anything serious. I'm like, guys, 
my boys just won a title. I am ecstatic. So it's like, that's just one thing that some, like, from an American sports standpoint, is something that they won't ever comprehend. I mean, and the thing is, it's not just like a thousand, a couple thousand Bears fans. There are millions of probably inter supporters out there across the globe. I mean, you even have Juventus supporters here in the United States. It's because this isn't just a centralized sport. It's a global sport. So it's like, it's not only am I going to be celebrating here in Chicago, there'll be people celebrating who are injured supporters throughout the Globes, just like you did uh, for nine straight seasons. Yeah, and, and everywhere you live, because everywhere you live, because football is well-known. Everybody loves football. And even, like you said, you live in America. They got basketball, baseball, American football. But everybody knows normal football, which uh, World Cups and stuff. Everybody knows, if you ask them, Name a famous team in Europe. They all say, oh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Inter Milan. They all going to say. Everyone knows the biggest teams in Europe. You, you will find uh, fans everywhere. Because here, but I'm, I moved uh, to England uh, a couple of years ago. And even uh, in London. I still want to go back to London one time when we can. Because I think there's a... Uh, fan club in London who got their own pub, watched the games of Juventus and that pub. So I want to go to there, feel the experience with them. One is, of course, a game day of Juventus. Look to go to London, book a weekend, go to that pub because I want to feel the experience because here now sitting at home, basically my wife is saying, why are you getting so wind up with, uh, with a stupid football game? It's not a stupid football game. It's like you said yourself, it's our passion. It's passion we got, and that's things people sometimes never will understand. Like, my boss got his passion for his football team. He knows my passion for Juventus, so he both, yeah, they all know what passion means. Yeah, it's like, as you know, I was an Aston Villa supporter before I became an Inter supporter because they were the first club that got me into the sport. They actually have a um, pub down in the in the downtown area. I live in the suburbs, but they have a pub down there called the Globe Pub, where they would host a lot of like the Aston Villa viewing matches and stuff. And one time they had their uh, North American meetup there, where people the different Lions clubs converged on Chicago. And then some people even made the trek from overseas for it. So it's just like a whole different experience. And I also met former Aston Villa player Ian Taylor in the process, too. That was pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's just like you saw um, the passion. Like, when we scored a goal, you just saw everybody lose their shit. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty awesome. It's like. Most people would be like, calm, my parents would be like, calm down. I'm like, no, I'm not calming down. We just scored a goal. Yeah, that's but, the same here with me anyway. So, because I still remember when he played uh, the, uh, the Supercopa. Normally, when I watch it, I'm sitting at my sofa. Now, I had this on TV. 
I just put myself in front of the TV, was lying down, getting so focused. And just when we scored a goal, it just exploded. I was mantle. My wife said, it's only a football game. I said, it's not only a football game, it's a big game. If you win this, we we got a trophy this season. So it's still a big game. It's a passion. And that's people will never understand. Like I said, passion. People got the passion about basketball. People got the passion with baseball, which we may never have. But we got our passion with football, like you said. And that's something weird difference with some other sports. Yeah, so, I mean, and speaking of the rest of the league, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the rest of the league this season? Like, what do you think about the teams that you're currently – we're seeing in the relegation zone of, I think it's Cortone, Torino, I think it's still down there, of course. Benevento and Spezia are getting back down there. So we really have a fight in both the European competitions – and the relegation zone, because in recent seasons, a lot of the teams in the European competition like spots, you kind of knew who was going to finish where anyway. But this season, it's kind of like up for grabs. And same with the relegation zone. Back in the day, it was pretty much cut and dry of who was going down. But now you're seeing more of a fight in that area, too. So, like, what is your thoughts on how competitive this league has been this season? I think... And, and that's why I'm still annoyed with last season because with uh, COVID that happened. But at one point, we should be happy, happy because COVID happened because it's made every league and every uh, world uh, in France, England, uh, Germany now this year, Italy now this year, Spain this year. You get more, more and more teams now getting competition from each other, which like you said, we won the league nine nine years in a row. We didn't have basically seven of those nine years. We didn't have any competition in it. Now you can see there's a lot of teams uh, battling for places that you normally never have in the league. And at that point, we should be happy for COVID, just because uh, all the competitions are getting exciting, but that's the other point. And I wish COVID never happens because there's too many games still getting teams missing players. One, they just got a crucial game. Teams missing players because of it. It's that's the annoying thing. With with the relegation, you got teams there. You're not really expecting there, like you said yourself now too. Yeah, Crotoni, you know, they were always gonna go down anyway. But uh, after the first year, it's good for them to feel how it is to play in the top league because they don't have the quality, don't got the caliber to stay the to stay in the league the first year in the top league. So they were gonna go down anyway. Then you got Vinivantu yeah surprises surprisingly won against us yesterday, took a point against us at their own own pitch. Then you got Spezia as at the moment still not out of relegation zone but they do not bad winning against AC Milan making sure Milan didn't have a shot on goal. So that was also a big shock, that game. It's happened. But then you got all the teams like Parma is now at the bottom. You're not, you don't expect Parma at the bottom. You expect them at the middle of the table. Torino is having the probably worst season ever they have now this year. It's the worst season ever they have. They changed manager. They're starting to play better, but 
they're having the worst season. And Torino, Torino is normally always between the 10th place every year, but they have the worst season ever now. Is it because of COVID what's happened? Is it some players losing players, getting new players who are not really ready for the league yet? That's the things we can't answer. It's, it is a good battle this year, except now at the moment you have for the first place, but as for, from the second place till the seventh place, it's basically now you've got little 10 points between it. So that can still, the whole top three can change in two games. As can say the same, if you keep on winning, it stays the same, but you still play each other anyway. So it's not, I'm quite happy we got a competition on us this time. Yeah, like I had discussed this, we had discussed this with Elliot back on my other on a couple episodes ago that we, I think it was the last episode, like during our MB, like we, even though it's still kind of early to say, we did our preliminary, like, team of the season, um, our substitutions and, like, our early award predictions. Um, we basically had – Elliot had asked the question, like, um, who would your, um, I guess, MVP or something, or was one of the other categories? Um, it's like, if you had to take – like, who would you pick as this player for whatever, I can't remember, like I said, I can't remember the position, ADHD, probably 5,000. Um, but it was like, if, if you had to pick a player to be a part of this, like, award, who would you um, pick? I picked Bellotti of Torino because if you had taken him out of Torino's equation they would already have been relegated at the start of the season because he single-handedly carries that team. He's their main goal scorer. He's their main, like, assister, pretty much. Um, he also has to play it kind of in a defensive role. But if you take him out of that equation, obviously Torino don't, can't defend work a rat's butt. Midfield-wise, they don't have a lot of creativity. And then attack-wise, besides Bellotti, there's no other, like, strikers in that team that could perform to that level. And you're starting to see that with a lot of teams, like, with players getting a team selling certain players and not filling those voids. Um, what was the one team that had gone through this? Oh, Parma at the beginning was struggling so much and it looked like they were going to eventually get relegated. But luckily, they kind of started getting it into another gear. And obviously, they've signed some players from Elliott's national team, Romania. And they've kind of started doing a little bit better. Like, obviously, Parma just stunned them uh, over a couple weeks ago, and it's like once they sold one of their key players, they didn't bother filling it, and they were, as you can see, they were suffering. So now you're starting to see a lot more competition because a lot of teams are either selling players and not replenishing them, or there's teams that are getting these amazing players and they're just out there dominating. 
So it's like, I'm kind of liking this season out of all the seasons I've watched or have paid attention to, just because there's finally a little bit more competition going on, whereas the other seasons have been pretty much a cut and dry deal. Um, I need to agree with Torino, like you said, with Belotti. If you take him away from the team, the team is nothing anymore. The team is going to go down every year, I think. He's basically carrying them, like I said. Parma, uh, last year, they had Kulusevski. That's now at Juventus. He was... Uh, Parma ended up high last year. Also, half because of him, because he was also playing good with them, scored goals for them, took them up. But now you see Parma uh, missing some better plays than they had last year. They don't have this year. I see they struggle now. Same with... Uh, same for uh, for uh, who else we got? Uh, that's normally up, that's at the bottom, and normally it's more in the mid table. So it's yeah. If as soon as some teams loses their most important key players, you see they struggle and struggle. They need to find new players who can try to take their role up, or give that role to somebody else, but they are not ready for it or don't got the right player. And you see those. They struggle. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just nice to ha- finally have like more of a competition going on versus that of the past seasons because I think a lot of because we all it, all of us Serie A people know you have your Premier League fans and stuff saying. Oh, Bundesliga and Syria are farmers' leagues, and they're the most boring leagues to watch. But yes, I will grant you. In re- in like the past seasons, yes, it was kind of. Pro- I understand why they would say it was boring to watch because obviously Juventus would sometimes walk the league, um, and there was like, and then the next position under them was like nine points or something, and. It was the points were more like spread out, whereas now everything is just close together, and they're kind of like forced to like everybody's literally trying to force themselves to perform way better than their opponent because of trying to fight for either Europe or trying to fight out of the relegation zone. So yes, I understand their point. Like it was boring in the past, but now with how things are and having a new champion, it might start being a little bit more open to them versus like, Oh, them saying it was terrible. Yeah. I have to agree with that because now too, like I said, it's open. All the teams want to win the league. I'm surprised Atalanta is playing well. They play good football, but I think they miss one or two players short to actually go to win the league. With other teams that are now enter, normally, yeah, Juventus, we got the players to go for the league. That's something Atalanta is missing no players. Napoli, I know their uh, president, he's, nobody likes him. Even other teams, nobody likes him. But they are depending of two players and that's why they're never going to battle for the league. Because they are too much depending on two certain players, Napoli. They're never going to win the league. They might win the cup, but they're never going to 
win the league. They need some teams just need to uh, just strengthen themselves with the players. So with some players, so they can actually fight to win the league. Because they come just in the games that they have to, they come too short. So they're too much depending on those players. Now at the bottom, we know every team who's going to play a bottom team is going to have a very, very hard game. Because like you said yourself, they want to stay up. They're going to show themselves to everyone. They want to stay up, group themselves, the, the team. So it's good we got competition. Because like you said yourself, a couple of years ago, when you had the, uh, was leading the league, play against last one, it was a score or a 4-5-0, I win, that's easy. Now you still need to battle it. You need to have, they give you a game which never happens. Because they want to prove them to you. They want to make sure they're staying up so they play the game of their life. Yeah, like, and speaking of Atalanta, I think a lot of the real issue is they had the falling out with uh, Papu Gomez, who now plays for Sevilla. Um, he was one of their best quality players that was actually helping them kind of perform at a higher th- level than what they're performing at right now. Um, then you you have Gozens, who is probably on his way out. But then you also have uh, Zapata, who is their main striker. And unfortunately... Throughout the season, he's either has battled a lot of injuries. So, like, without their key striker, they're also a team that suffers without, like, a way to, like, get, find the back of the net and stuff. And, like you just said, with uh, Crappily, I mean, Napoli, um, they're relying on. I'm going to start calling Napoli anyways. (laughs) And. You like you just said, they're relying on two players instead of working as a cohesive unit. Because if you only focus on keeping up with only two players, no one else is going to work together because you're basically focusing on your two top stars. And that's also a kind of like a reason. Same thing with Lazio. A lot of people in that team rely on Miller. Nick Savage, I can't even pronounce some of these Liverpool names, South so forgive me. Yeah. In Immobile, yeah. Um, they rely mostly on those two players, too, and it shows. And, I mean, yeah, you have Alberto, who is also a good player on their team, but besides those three, there's no real cohesiveness because you're focusing on those three players. And Ever since that Bayern game, and even before that, back in February 7th or even mid-January, Immobile has not had a decent performance since then. And as of February 7th, he has not found the back of the net. And that's concerning, especially since he's also your main goal scorer. So it's like a lot of teams are relying on only two to three players where like a team such as Inter right now, like back in the day when Icardi used to play, it's like everybody just get the ball to Icardi, get the ball to Icardi. And everybody was just focusing on him and there was no real um, cohesiveness with the rest of the team. But now that Icardi is gone, 
there's more cohesiveness because everybody is working together to achieve the goal of winning the Scudetto. Yeah, now, like I said, with Inter, you had Icardi, but now you got, yeah, you got uh, Lukaku, you got uh, Lautaro Martinez. If you, you need to be watching out for those two players because if you keep, if you isolate one, you still got the danger of the other player. So Inter is now basically complete in the attack. I think Inter might have problems now in the last 10 games. I don't think it's going to happen, but if those two strikers will fall out injured or with COVID, I think Inter might have problems to score goals then. Barella, yeah, he's playing good, but he's on midfield, so he scores goals. He can give a pass, but they're going to be depending on Barella who needs to that pass to the attack. Eriksen don't really get his chance with Inter. I think if you give him a fair chance, Sanchez, I think he should, to be honest, he should leave Inter. I don't think he's quality for Inter. He was good at Arsenal, was poor at Man United, even with Inter. I'm not surprised because sometimes I'm hoping if Inter want to lose points, I'm just saying they just need to put Alexis Sanchez on the field and he's going to drop points. And it's, I seen it in the, <laughs> in the game that you yes. drop points. Alexis Sanchez was playing and you drop points. Because he's playing. Um, no, last year, people were praising Alexis Sanchez because he scored three goals. Because he scored three goals against a team who was bottom of the league. And other games, when he had a chance to perform, he was absolutely nothing. Give the ball away, miss open goal chances, uh, try to play on his own. And then you see the fans weren't happy with him. Then you see it too. I think Alexis Sanchez, you should get rid of him. I guess somebody else, just to make sure that you got another striker ready to replace Lukaku or Martinez if one of those two gets injured. If you could do that, guess like a player like Haaland and Bappe, they're never going to come to Italy at the moment anyway, we know that. But if you can get a striker like them, I think you will, for next year, you will be the team that everybody wants to beat. It will be difficult for every team to beat them. With an attack like that, you play well, they find each other easy. I think it's going to be difficult. But if another team, like we said, if another team want to really have a go on the title, they need to strengthen they, uh, their team and don't be independent on one or two players they normally rely on. That's the biggest problem they got to win the league. Yeah, I mean, this Inter team, like, went from being absolute trash. Like, obviously, you remember under especially Luciano Spaghetti Head. Um, uh, you remember how, like, Inter would do so well, but then come December, winter curse, they would go on a seven-match losing run, or the best that they would do is a draw. This season, never. I was waiting for the winter, the bottom to fall out, and enter to start collapsing. That didn't happen. Now I'm confident with this team that if they make those key signings in the summer, 
there's a definite possibility that Inter can not only compete for the Scudetto next season, but possibly make at least a push in the Champions League, which for a change would be absolutely amazing because I think the last time I saw group stages was, I think, two seasons ago, and that was about it. And then after the round of 16, they were out. So hopefully with getting those players on a backup striker, that could take over for Lukaku or Martinez would be amazing. Obviously, maybe replacing like Vidal or getting a couple of midfielders and then maybe another defender to just to give us that depth that could help us make that push. Um, do you have any like anything else um, you want to mention? One more thing. Like you said, now we uh, entered the curse of January, losing games, not winning games. I think this year, the difference is also because you were out of the Champions League, so you don't got the European games to play for. And like, yeah, all the teams, Atlanta, Champions League, um, we advantage still were in the Champions League, La Roma, Champions League, because you've got to focus, Cup games, Champions League, European games, competition. Enter just that this year, could just basically the whole month of January, could only focus on the competition. And then you see because the players is getting, finding each other easy, that you could see it, the difference between the last years and this year. It's just for this year, those European games, look, AC Milan, they, I'm surprised with them, they done well, considering the injuries they have, the players out with COVID all the time, what they managed to do, you, you got to be sorry for them, basically leading the league almost the whole season, but that, I think they had a big knock when they lost in the cup games against Inter. And then losing against, again, in the competition, losing against Inter. I think they had to knock to get uh, down off top of the league now. I see Inter can find each other easy, while AC Milan, they have a good season. I'm happy they're back where they belong with the top teams. But they have to get every game, basically... Don't got every game the same 11 players. Every game they need to change some players. And you can see it at the team. They don't got... Yeah, they got Ibrahimovic now. But I think he should... He's too much injured. He should stop playing. He might get... If, if they offer him a chance and the staff, even a system manager, or give him uh, a trainer's job or something like for on training, just uh, to train the attackers, to let them take better position on the field and stuff, give it to him. I think he's getting too old to play now, too too much injuries. I've seen games of Milan this year when Ibrahimovic is playing, and they're just dependent on Ibrahimovic. Every ball is going to him. I've seen games when he could score. of shooting the ball and scoring, no, they want to give the ball off to Ibrahimovic, and they're too much depending on them. They don't surprisingly well without him this year, but you see, and when he's back, they don't win the games because they're too depending on him. If he could do that, just those attackers they got, just learn to shoot faster to the goal, or not depending on Ibrahimovic, they could be still top of the league now. Yeah, definitely. Like, 
for the longest time during the season, it was neck and neck. Inter and Milan were going at it up until the Derby a couple weeks ago. And I think it also kind of stands back to their Coppa Italia uh, quarterfinals meetup where um, obviously there was uh, the whole fiasco with Lukaku and Zlatan. But I think it kind of like once that loss against Inter happened, you just kind of saw the momentum shift. And they went from being a pain in the neck to just starting to fall away, especially since they were also still in European competition. And so they were struggling to keep up the momentum throughout. And then once the league derby happened and they also lost the Inter again, it, every the wheels kind of started falling off because... Inter are playing a more cohesive football, whereas you just said with Milan, they're mostly focusing with on Zlatan, and that yes, you have Beneser who's really good at like as getting the ball to Zlatan, but without with him being injured too much, they lack the leadership quality. Whereas. When Zlatan plays, you can kind of see like the intensity in their eyes, but without him, the team obviously struggles. Yeah, and this season you can see that very good with AC Milan. They need to have it from Ibrahimovic on the pitch just to get the fighting spirit. Because they try, but they don't have the team to basically compete at the moment to go for a league title. And even if we had Ibrahimovic fits. I still would be. I think it would be close then between AC Milan and Inter Milan this year, but we're never gonna find out because I think yeah maybe next season even then. I think AC Milan it's good as where they belong now, but if they get the Champions League with this team, I don't think they're gonna compete in the Champions League because I see a lot of Milan fans saying uh, it, AC Milan need to be back in the Champions League to win the league and. We're going to win it next year. But if they say with this team, even you can have Ibrahimovic, this team can compete in Champions League games. Europa League, yeah, they are uh, lucky with the draw sometimes and the group states too. But put them in the Champions League, even with Ibrahimovic, I think this team is not going to compete in any Champions League game at, at all at the moment. But they need to strengthen their depth anyway. They need to get better players in. Because you got too many players that are not used to play for a team like Milan, not used to play in Italy. Are you you see it with them? So I don't think they're gonna be. It's yeah, bad for them that they lost the lead in the league. They lost basically in the title now. But you got to feel sorry for them. But they, I don't think they can compete in the Champions League next year if they should make it, of course. Because they still, like you said, ten games. Everything can happen. It's only 10 points between the seconds and the sevens. So if you lose two, three games, it can be all changing already the, uh, the league table. But if they should be in the Champions League next year, they need uh, more experienced players anyway, because it's not going to be a team to compete in the Champions League. And I also think a lot with Milan right now, too, 
Uh, same with well, a couple of the other teams out there. They have a old squad, too. There, a lot of their players are getting old, and they haven't been replaced. And if you have a lot of your older players, yes, it's good to have a, them in the competi- in the league just to provide the experience, but you also need your younger players, too, to keep things in balance. So that way, if a player who is experienced gets injured, you can kind of, like, start getting the younger players into the first team to kind of start getting ready to take up the mantle when some of these players decide to, like, either retire or if they decide to go to another club to finish off their career. So... It's like it's all about having those balance between young and older players because you don't want to have too young of a team where they lack the leadership qualities, but you don't want a team that's too old that they're just going to end up tired and more injury-prone in the future. Yeah, I think that's also, with some teams too, you need to have more experienced players if you basically want to compete in a certain competition, you need to have more experienced players, maybe one or two old players, like you see now with some teams, like with Juventus, you still have Chiellini, still Bonucci. They got the experience, but Chiellini also too much injured this year. Bonucci, he's, they made him captain. He's not even a real captain. He don't lead the team, say nothing to the team. And they expect Ronaldo, because with his experience, to be leader of the team, players looking up to him, but if we see it now, because we got Chiesa from Fiorentina, everybody expects Ronaldo to shine in the Champions League, and I must say, Ronaldo not really done a lot in the Champions League, because Chiesa, his first year in the Champions League, he done more than Ronaldo this year. Because you see him too, oh, they expecting Ronaldo against Porto now, yeah. We had bad luck. We couldn't finish it against 10 men. But Chiesa scores three goals of the four we scored in total. It's three goals from Chiesa. Nobody expects that because everyone is focusing Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo is still good, but that's a game. He was also like Ibrahimovic is now. In games, you can see it. When you rely too much on one certain player, they can't bring it anymore. And you need other players to step up. Chiesa did that amazingly. I feel sorry for him because he was the best player on the field. Even when he got uh, steps of the field, he was the best player on the field. You got to feel sorry for him because he's a player. First season, which is in that game, he steps up, make a whole different scenario from a different scenario. Gives you a chance again. What you expect to do from Ronaldo with Juventus, Ibrahimovic with Milan, it don't happen. And then you see other players need to try to step up and then you get surprised with some players. Like with Inter now too, like I said, Barella on midfield. He's a whole different player like last season and he really stepped up too this year. He's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So before we hop off of here, is there anything else you would like to add, like mentioning, like something about Juventus or just something uh, that you've noticed about the league? Anymore. I know the league for us is over. 
even when people said we still believe in the league, we still believe in the title, we still got a chance. I gave myself never, I gave myself never a chance because we dropped too many points. And as soon as I seen Milan losing the top table, I knew. I hate to say it, but then I knew Inter is going to win the league. Even I was hoping for AC Milan to win it because I prefer more AC Milan than Inter Milan to win the league. But they were too much depending on Ibrahimovic, and everybody knew I could see it happening anyway. They're going to fall down anyway. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, this has been a fun episode, and we yeah, hope to course. have you back on in the future. It's a good show. I always try to watch it when I can and listen to it when I can, so I love it. And I'm happy I could finally be a part of it this time. Yeah, definitely. And like we said, I said, we'll have you back on in the future. But has this has been a wonderful episode. And on behalf of myself and Nico, we'll, I'll see you guys yeah, on the next one. Bye, everybody.